This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We are Rochelle and Carter. I don't know why I'm starting a sentence. It's like, like a movie this. trailer. A little bit. In a world where Rochelle and Carter get their own podcast. That already happened. I know, but it's it's like this Hold is on. the world we live in that we get our own podcast. Hold on, this is this is we're gonna we're gonna do this. Okay, what are we doing? Dramatic. What are you? Dramatic strings. Okay, now oh, now yeah. it's it's more of a it's not as like epic. It's more of a okay. you okay. know. In a world where Rochelle and Carter have their own podcast, how dare you? <laughs> I, I don't know. It felt soap opera. I don't know what you want me to do. I'm just talking on this podcast. I actually like my first voice better. It yeah. almost sounded the same, just a little bit different motivation. <laughs> uh, this is the podcast where we talk about spiritual things and movie trailer voices. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is, right now, we just portrayed the opposite of good spirits. That's, that's exactly it's right. principalities yeah. thing going on in there. Uh, so thank you, by the way. Hope on Demand is where this podcast lives. Maybe you found it on iHeartRadio or Spotify or your just podcast app. But Hope on Demand gives you this podcast, other podcasts, uh, the Friendship Podcast, the Art of Friendship from Kim Weir, Welcome to Texas by Bill Ingram. Um, so there is just a, a boatload of resources for you at HopeOnDemand.com. I always like it when people say boatload because they mm. act like they know from experience. I don't know anything about fishing or boats. The 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 bow, the hull, <laughs> uh, the anchor. Let's talk about boats though for a second, because there is scripture that refers to our tongue being like a rudder of a <gasps> ship, which mm. can direct you well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I want to go right because that's far away from the shark infested waters with yeah. the storm right over there. That's right. Or you know, go right into the storm with the shark. Oh, I'm going to take on these sharks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take on everybody right now because I have an opinion and I'm going to voice it. I'm going to use my tongue mm -hmm. to direct this ship. And what usually happens when you let that happen? Um, Not good things. Shark bite. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's not good. So I'm reading in James 1 and it does talk about listening first, speaking later mm. because... Speaking can lead to anger, and actually, especially if you're speaking out of anger, that's not good. But uh, I, I love that part of James 1, doing our share of listening, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And then it goes on to say, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. It does not help us accomplish good things. And we've talked about this podcast many times about what righteous anger looks like. Mm -hmm. The only one I think that I've I've ever seen with the best example is Jesus, but because the rest of it is like left up to individual cases. I would never be able to go every time when a person experiences this and they get angry, it's okay. Mm -hmm, you know, no, mm -hmm. I think it's on an individual basis. Yeah. If someone is angered because they are on their knees fighting for their child's life in the Lord, then that kind of righteous anger, getting upset at what could take them out in the name of Jesus, you know, just I come against you. That, to me, that's good anger. Mm -hmm. If I get angry because I see that their life is being lost to an addictive pattern or something like that, be angry, yeah, yes. Getting angry at the important things mm -hmm. and a lot of things that we call important um, aren't in the long run. Yeah. Um, you know, you're mad at the uh, insurance agent on the phone or, you know, all these just temporary things that, they hey, they're, they have their place, yes. certainly, but I think the eternal... 
uh, perspective is, are the things that we are to be angry for. And, and the, the injustices that happen to God's people or a person that he loves, you know, getting angry on the behalf of others yeah. more so than even myself. Yeah. And that's if, is it selfish or unselfish? Yeah. Yeah. And then again, if I'm seeking justice for someone else, Am I doing it in a righteous manner? That's true, too. Because I mean, your actions are important. They have to go hand in hand in yeah. order for it to be in line with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really do need to calm myself and be listening to his spirit's voice in order to make sure I know where I'm aligned. OK, so let's let's do like a like a tactic um, okay. or a, a little, little uh, scenario here. Okay. Um, let's say I am um, saying something to you that is just extremely maybe not even hurtful, like rude. And I, and maybe it's a topic that you, okay, well, we'll take this real topic here. Rochelle, you've been open about your struggle with mental illness. Okay. Okay. So what if I, this, I'm just this person okay. that comes in, mm-hmm. I don't know, we're sitting at the airport together and we get to chatting. Sure. Um, and I, or maybe even let's say it's a coworker and it's somebody you will see again. Pick a, pick a spot here, man. It's going, it's going, it's going, it's kind of, it's forming. We're are together. We Imp- improv. No, no, no. Cause air, I know what you tell me with airport, you'd be like, well, forget that guy. You'll never see him again. Let's, <laughs> let's say a coworker that you're going to see the next day and the next day and the next day. So let's just say it's you. Okay. Let's say it's me. <laughs> I don't want this to be me though. Okay. Can I just say I would never do this? I don't want this, this to be me. This is evil Carter. Okay. Evil. Yeah. Yeah. My evil twin. Uh, well, you know, the thing about mental illness is it's not real. Okay. Uh, and people who say it, uh, blah, 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 are dumb and blah, blah, blah. See, I'm trying to do a different voice, so it's not me. <laughs> um, that I am speaking rudely, insensitively, a subject I know nothing about yeah. to a person that knows about it. So mm-hmm. your strategies for not popping off in the moment and smacking me or giving me the what for a verbal smack. So what what do you do? Wait, according to this verse, I know what you want to do, yeah. but according to this verse, how do you handle it? Well, what's really cool about the book of James, um, in fact, I read this, uh, I discovered that when the letters are written, when Paul was writing these notes or James, or they were writing them to be read all at once, and they're all supposed to kind of loop back and touch on the subjects that they'd already brought up, and it was, it was connected, right? And it was usually read to an audience because a lot of people were illiterate they couldn't Mm. read or write okay so they would read them out loud you have to connect it to the first part of the the chapter i think because it says in everything it's got to be about joy consider it pure joy brothers and sisters whenever you face trials of many kinds the first when you read that all by itself out of context you're like well that sounds bananas why would you thank (laughs) the lord for that It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance or patience, endurance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay, so you'll be tapping into wisdom if you go ahead and allow any circumstance to help you understand what perseverance and patience looks like. Mm. And the only way you can do that is through the grace of God and say, look, I can't do this without you, Father. It's a little bit, a little bit like you're trying to lose weight. Mm-hmm. That that kale and grilled chicken mm-hmm. isn't good that first time. No. But you know what I you're doing. That. You know what you're doing. You know, you're like, but I'm getting, I'm getting thinner. I'm getting, I'm getting okay. more muscle. I'm, you know. I thought you were going to say like lifting weights. It, you know, it's not easy the first couple That's of times. That's true too. But kale and chicken. Wow. Mm, For anybody who loves kale and chicken, mm. I want to apologize to you. I'm <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, 
So People who say they like kale don't like kale. I'm just saying that. If you say you like kale, you don't actually like it. This garnish for the plate is delicious. <laughs> so, all right, I'm supposed to consider it pure joy. Why? James isn't trying to ask you to be sadistic and enjoying pain. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to say, I need you to look a little bit further ahead mm-hmm. and realize that at some point, this crisis that you're in the midst of could either help make you or break you, depending on your choice right now. Are you going to choose joy? Mm. And then what happens out of enduring something? It produces this incredible patience now I have with other people. It helps me with mature responses. It helps me complete. Jesus is saying wisdom comes through these moments. Okay, so if I have been dutifully choosing joy, and it, it, let's even say I haven't rat- had a whole lot of chances to do that. Maybe you're still young in life. Go ahead and start choosing it now. Choose joy so that it will help you choose in these moments to bite your tongue, to listen, to be slow to anger. I wonder, this coworker of mine, this feels like he's flying off the handle. Is there a story here as to why he thinks that mental illness isn't real? Mm-hmm. What would have led him to these question marks? And then start to look at things from a different perspective. It doesn't mean I agree with anything he's saying. It just means, all right, what happened that led him to this place? And even just having a dialogue, maybe nothing happened. Maybe he read a story and it was just an article he read. Well, this and this. Then you might be able to help inform him. But the only reason why people will allow you to inform them is probably because they sense in you something peace-filled. Yeah. And if you are acting out of anger and stuff like that, it's just more fire to the fire to the fire to the fire. And you're not going to go anywhere with that. That's not a conversation. That's a battle. And that's why you're not going to get anywhere. That's why be careful to listen. Be slow to speak. And then you'll be slow to anger. And then you're not going to go down a road you will probably never be able to come back from with that individual. Yeah, I, I see these uh, politicians and celebrities and they get these spats on online or press conferences or whatever. And you're like, what is that even doing? It doesn't mean you don't hold to your opinion. Of course. When but, you act in a peaceful manner. But yeah, when you call out somebody and you're spatting and you're arguing and it's just, you know, it's immature. But but man, don't I do it in traffic? Don't I do it um, with people that I know or come across? Yeah. And it's it's just we're called to be different, you know. And I think that's ex- that verse is exactly what that is. It's going to be countercultural. Yeah. We we were talking with John Hall, uh, who, an associate of ours, and he was sharing a passage from Proverbs that he really struggled with for a while because it almost felt contradictory. Which was like, hey, people who are spewing out vomit, don't confront them. Mm-hmm. And then, and and he's figuratively vomit in Proverbs. But then the next part of the passage is like, and those who are spewing out vomit, you should confront them. You should talk with them. And it's like, what? He had trouble with that one. And then he explained, he spoke with a priest, a pastor of his, and he said, this is what I believe the passage means. There will be times, just like in Ecclesiastes, it tells us there's a time for everything. There will be times where you can address people who are not informed and they will receive it. And there will be times where you're going to be talking to a stone wall. They're not ready to receive at all. And yeah. you really do have to ask the Holy Spirit, is this the time? And you may not even be privy after you have been directed by the Holy Spirit. Speak into this. Go ahead, share, Rochelle. They still may walk away and act like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But something was planted there beyond your understanding because God asked you to do it. And you just have to entrust that 
maybe somewhere down the road that seed gets watered and the truth that you planted there will start to become understanding. Yeah. Yeah. And the way you handle it might be the thing they remember the most. I think that's, that's crucial. It's the way that you do it. Otherwise, if you're looking at someone, let me sit you down here and tell you something because you don't know because you're stupid. Well, that might not be the way to plant a seed. It's never, never fun hearing those words. What yeah. does the farmer do when he plants a seed? He cultivates the soil. He nurtures, he nourishes. He goes in and he tills it. And I almost, that's like a massage almost. He's like, it's, there's a manner in which he does it. It doesn't mean that there aren't moments of, pain during a massage, that's for sure. But I'm just saying, he prepares the soil before he plants the seed. Mm-hmm. Or how have we prepared the soil of other people before we start planting on them? Do we even know them? I don't even know you. I'm going to speak into your life and tell you how this looks. Yeah. Yeah, you might uh, you might be the first person to ever be able to demonstrate a Christ-like, you know. There, <laughs> there are people in this country that I'm like shocked that like, you know, I met somebody who doesn't know who Adam and Eve was. Mm. And I'm like, really? Like, you know, and so I don't, I just don't assume anything. No. And then be careful not to go. Really? Right. <laughs> I, I've done that. And it comes across really just snotty. And I don't mean it that way. It's just like, it's like when somebody asks you, have you ever seen like a big movie and you're the only one on the planet who hasn't seen it? And they're like, really? And you're like, Oh yeah. Really? I've never seen. <laughs> well, I don't want to stir up that reaction in them by saying, you've never heard of this from the Bible? Gosh. You know what? I never want to come to your church. How I know, about that? I know. We got to be careful. I hate getting that reaction so much for anything. I've, really? <laughs> so, and it's not, there are some times where I've done it. It's, I'm, I'm being sincere because it shocks me. Right, right. Yeah. But it sounds really condescending. I'll tell you a story. And this is a little bit of a different situation, but I, um, I said a word that potentially I shouldn't have. Uh, and I'm just, and keep in mind, the background on this is I'm a person who's dealt with a fear, a, a, I care what people think kind of mentality Mm -hmm. and just trying to continually break that people pleaser. And so I am with my friend and I think we both said the same word. And his mom looks at me, like not even her own kid. And his mom looks at me and she goes, you know, I never thought in a million years, Carter, it would have been you that said something like that. And I'm like, why don't you get Michael in trouble? Why are you looking at me? Like, you know, and so I'm, I just, that I hate that thing. Your, your friend's mom proved the point that we all like parenting other people's children more. <laughs> <laughs> and now what? We're also very curious as to what the word is, but let's not do that. Oh, man. No, we won't go there. Um, So uh, speaking of uh, making sure to to clean up any language and to set a good example, our baby is going to be here very soon. My wife and I are so excited. That's right. You're the one, the primary examples in the household from day one. Yeah. He will start observing and that's how he'll start getting motor skills and working. That's how he's, you know, his first meal is going to be barbecue. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. He's he's going to see by example. Maybe Kelsey can eat some barbecue and he'll get a little flavor in there in the middle. Oh, no, after, after the feed. No, no, no. When he gets to solid food, it'll be barbecue. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So here is this song that an artist wrote for her friend's child. uh, But Ezra is the name of the song. And that's what our our boy's name is going to be.
and just all about goals and dreams. And really, it's a great parenting. So I know the name is Ezra, but it's a great uh, parenting, you know, uh, lesson for all. Her name is Becca Vanderbeck, and uh, that it was just a, we kind of made you know yeah. our moment. We're gonna have a little song for him always. Well, so. Ezra, I love you. I love you. I do. So we, I've been writing these these lessons, these life lessons that I want to pass along to him probably when he graduates graduates high school. Uh, so I just you know some some entries that I I wrote and uh, some of them are fun and some of them are biblical based. And so kind of three things I just wanted to share, little life lessons for just to pass along in case maybe it's something to pass along for you or get your thoughts going even yeah. for yourself or whatever. Love it. Um, one is about laughter being a good medicine. Another is about pride. And another Ooh. is about um, comparison. That's and really good. And so I'll read the laughter one first. We can kind of hash this out. I haven't out. even heard them, but I'm like, those are great topics. You ready? You ready? All right. We'll okay. go laughter first. Uh, laugh at other people. <laughs> Wait. So we may need to start over again. Yeah, right. With examples. No, talk. really. You'll be someone people find themselves going to and trusting when you listen to them and specifically make eye contact and laugh at their stories and jokes. Ask follow-up questions. And this is key. Laugh at parts where they weren't even trying to be funny. Every once in a while, you'll it'll get awkward when they were serious and you thought they were being a little sarcastic. But for the most part, it gives them a boost in the middle of the story. It makes them feel confident. It makes them say, hey, I am funny. That was a good story. They'll love you for it. I remember we would have my youth minister, Brent, We'd have all these kids in there. It's youth ministry. And some of them, you you know, as a, as a fellow student and telling these boring stories or whatever they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And he would just engage and laugh. And yeah. you would see them light up when they'd be like, hey, that that was a good line. I, yeah. The more you purpose yourself to do it, too, the more you find that it is a genuine thing because you care for that person. That's true. You are loving them and wanting mm-hmm. them to know I'm desiring to pay attention to what you're saying and I want you to feel encouraged. Yeah. So it's not like you're faking them out because you're not even listening and just insert laugh here. It's like I'm I'm want to be an interactive part of your storytelling. That's exactly right. And uh it's it's just it's helped guide me on how to treat people. Yeah. You know, really. You're um, very good at laughing at stories. Even sometimes I'm like, where's Carter when I tell this joke? <laughs> Nobody's laughing at my story. See, just you like that. You gotta make sure people feel encouraged. And even just, I mean, even aside from the biblical aspect of it, the storytelling aspect of it, you get a little boost in the middle. Oh. When you're oh, telling yeah. a story, you got the confidence. I'm on a roll here. Rochelle's laughing like a crazy person. <laughs> uh, speaking of confidence, here's another lesson. There is a very blurry line between confidence and pride. Mm-hmm. Confidence is not being scared or nervous in a talent or ability that God gave you. And there is nothing to be ashamed of in that. But pride, oh, the slippery slope. Pride is being someone that thinks people need them. Pride is thinking that people talk and think about you constantly, that people are jealous of you and you're enjoying that. Pride is tough to beat, especially when the world encourages it. Plus, it excludes incredible teamwork. Too many people deny help so they can receive the praise of doing it all themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it can even even look meek, you know. No, yeah. no, no, I got it. I got it. So in the end, I did it all. And, I, and I'm guilty of that. And I, I wanted to pass along that to him. There's a saying that's going around right now. And look, I can't look at people's hearts when they're saying it to know whether or not it's a prideful thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's become a thing throwaway line and it throws itself in the place like right there with pride it's okay, right what, what is it what is it 
You do you. You do you. Uh-huh. It's all about you. Mm-hmm. It's all about what you want. Your right to what you want right now. Sometimes that even may feel like it's promoting others. Well, I think that they should do and they should get this and I'm going to serve and they're going to receive and I, I, I. There's a lot of eyes in that sentence and it's, well, I'm doing, you do you. So let me ask you. Uh, that you know, can be pride. You your know? kids are older than mine, you know, and mm-hmm. so uh, Sammy, uh, your oldest, is going to be in a situation where, you know, colleges come in and, you know, there's careers to think about. There's studying abroad to think about. There's locations to live, uh, of course, right next door to mom always. <laughs> um, but, you know, all of these things of, of goals and dreams and, and wants in a lot of them, you yeah. know, the things that you like to do as a career, what you would like to do. And I, I think God's given you those interests. But at the same time, you seek your own degree. You seek your own place where you want to live. You yeah. seek the person that you want to marry. So how do you decipher I know we can ask God for that, but let's just say studying abroad, you know, well, I, I want it and it doesn't seem like it's a bad thing to go to Spain for a semester, but I do want it. It is my thing. Yeah. Is it prideful? It's twofold, isn't it? Because as a parent, I listen to that and what I just said. And by the way, if you say, hey, you do you and you're being silly, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about. Oh, I say that all the time. Hey, you have your right to your right and your right. That's not biblical. Uh Uh-huh. You you actually, when you say yes to Jesus, are like giving up your right to yourself and saying, I want to identify now as as a person of Jesus Christ in him. And um, if I could just get real Greek right now, baptizo, I think we've mentioned this before. It's a Greek word and it's about baptism, but it's literally, it's when it referenced fabric being dyed. So you would take it from its normal state of color and you would dip it into the dye. You would baptize it basically. And when it came out, it would look different, completely different. Right. Oh, yeah. So that's where we get the word for baptism. If we've been baptized through the blood of Jesus Christ, then we are a new creation. We don't look the same. We are not, it's not about you do you. It's about, all right, God, you do you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I would have to look at as a parent, the situation of my child saying, I want to go abroad. All right, Lord, it's not about me. Yeah. What do you have for my child? Yeah. yeah. And help me to hold him loosely like you've directed me to do everything else because everything I have is yours and you've given it to me and I want to give it back to you. That includes my children. So how can I release, is this the time to do that? And then if I felt led to speak into sweetheart, listen, I understand your desires to go and and do things. I want to tell you what I, what I understand from my own wealth of knowledge, because I've done what it told us to do in the first part of James. I have chosen joy in the midst of crisis and I have been there and I've learned to endure through it. So learn something from what I've endured, if you will. But uh, yeah, I have to be prayerful in those moments as a mother and say, am I going to be keeping him from the will of God in his life Mm -hmm. because of doubts and concerns in my own? So there's that. Then I would direct my child uh, and and hopefully because I've ingrained it in him from a very early age and it's never too late. I think you can always live by example. Maybe you feel like you've lost time with your kid. I should have started when they were really young. Now they're older and they're not listening to me. They will see by your set example whether or not you are sincere mm. because they, who knows you better than your family? Nobody. Yeah. But if they yeah. see the change in you, the repentance in you, then they're going to start seeing you in a different light and respect and just pray through it. It may not be through you that they inherit wisdom. You know, it may be, 
from outside of their own home space, right? As right. the Bible says, a prophet is never welcome in his own home. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that I would direct my little one to say, listen, I want you to see the desires of your heart fulfilled, but I want you to do it through the filter of God's desires for your life. Mm-hmm. Because the one who places desires in you is God, and he designed you from the, the get-go. So those things that pop up in you, those are exciting things. Those are giftings. Those are things that maybe he was like, hey, I like this about you. Yeah. You know? So what do you do if it's a, uh, and I think, I think that's why we let our kids fail. I mean, I think we, I'm a proponent of that and I'm not quite a father yet, but I've always been a proponent of like just having the lessons, the hard lessons. Yeah. What do you do when your kid's in denial? wants to become an NBA basketball player. Okay. And they're five foot five. Sure. And they can't shoot. What do you, and, but they're like, how old are they now? Like 18. Like I'm talking like they're, instead of going to college, they're going to try to like, whatever. Yeah. Like, and they're completely, they're completely serious. In the dark. How do you go? I mean, maybe you just have to say it. Maybe I think, I think God gives you gifts and I don't think this is one of them. I think, yeah, there is no, there is no be-all elixir medicine that a parent can take. Right. Every situation is different. Every right. situation is going to be perfect if you give this answer. I'm sorry. That's that's not a thing. And honestly, this is why <laughs> you have got to make sure you are on your knees daily. Yeah. Um, I think it's more common with, instead of an NBA player, I think it's because you think you're going to figure that out. But it, more common than like somebody who wants to be a rapper or yeah. an actor. Like, no, no, my friends say I'm good. And you're like, yeah. And maybe, maybe they are, but I'm just saying if from a lot of people's perspective that I've seen people that they just, you know, they don't have that knack, Yes. but they're going for it. And you're like, when, when, how do we approach this? You know, the Bible tells us to encourage each other in the Lord mm-hmm. to lift each other up. If you see a gifting in your child that is outstanding, I would encourage that. Yeah. From from early on. From early on. Yeah. Honey, you have a gift here. Now, I I know that you desire to be an astronaut, vacuumer, inventor, race car driver. I don't know why. Is that all the same? In there. Is that all why. the same it's thing? all the same thing. Okay. You know, I'm just, uh, you reach for the stars. <laughs> Let me just tell you that you have this incredible God-given gift for this. I think it's amazing, though, that you are dreaming big. And so you encourage them. I Obviously, you're not going to, like, pretend that they're great at something. I, w- I would definitely come alongside my child if they were playing the, bian- the piano poorly and say, sweetheart, we need to work on this a little bit more. I'm so glad you love music. And let me just go out. I'm going to tell you right now, I am not perfect. I'm giving you perfect answers right now. If you uh, Let's put them in quotes. They're not perfect answers, but yeah, yeah. I'm giving you the mom voice answers. Uh, sweetheart, I so appreciate your desire and love for music. Uh-huh. Let's work a little harder, shall we? You know, like... <laughs> Listen, uh, yeah, I'm imperfect. I'm a person, and I'm going to try to love my child the best I can in the moment. Yeah, And yeah. so if you've ever questioned, like, I don't know if my child is taking the right route in college. You talk about actor. I was that person. I was winning the theater you, degree. You wanted to be? Yeah, that's right. And I do believe I had some talent in that regard, but God used that to be like a, a I don't know, a jumping board to get into radio. And that's a whole story in and of itself. Point being... um, encouragement always does a better job of directing people than discouragement. Mm. Mm. So you got to find ways that are honest and sincere. Uh, 
authentic, your kids are going to know whether it is or isn't from you. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And they may be going, Mom, I know I have this, but I want to do this. I think it's awesome that you really like this. (laughs) I really do. Right. Um, I'm just glad that you're also pursuing that. So, because you're really, really good at that. Uh, And then being supportive um, is key. They need to know that they feel supported even if you don't support the weird vacuum or astronaut dream or whatever. And mm-hmm. you may have to have, you may have to have one of those conversations with your kid because they're just that aloof. I hopefully as time goes by, they start to get more grounded. Why? Because they have seen your example. They have read more in their own Bible. They have had youth group experiences where their kids are talking about real life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's important to dream big dreams though. And don't let go. If your dreams are big, Perhaps, I mean, I don't want to squash the talent of a, a future Mozart if that's what is sitting here at the piano. That's very true. That's very true. Pope Mozart at the age of three was already composing operas. So if you're not quite well, there yet. Okay. Well, that's, that's well, that was, again, the end, <laughs> we'll stick with the encouragement part of that. Uh, excuse me. We do have to take a, bra- a break oh, from that? our sponsors oh. real quick. Sorry about this. Okay. Hey there. My name's Jim Shorts, and I'm a rocket ship astronaut vacuumer race car driver. <laughs> you may have not thought that I could get to where I wanted to be, but with my new book, You can get to where you want to be. What's the name of the book? The book? Shoot for the moon and drive there. (laughs) Don't forget to clean up. (laughs) After you eat your moon pie. Oh, man. I can't resist an infomercial. I don't know. I was trying to come up with a bunch of stuff that was super impossible to do all at once. All right, last lesson. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, this was about uh, comparison. So this fit, this fits right in. This is about okay. comparison. Okay. Uh, the grass is greener on the other side. Mm. You've probably heard something like that by now. And let me tell you, sometimes it's true. Working where I work is way greener than working for my first radio station, radio entity that I worked for. And yet there will always be things in any transition that aren't as good as where you came from. You could switch jobs, make a million more dollars a year, work on your own hours on the beach, and yet you'll miss something. A person you worked with, a free snack closet, like actually was it the first radio station I worked at, all the snacks you wanted, Uh, even the small town quirks of your old boss. You know, we had a principal at my elementary school, Mrs. Keast. She was older and we were all kind of ready for her to go. So my last year, she retires and in comes this young, cool lady, Mrs. Harrison. And let me tell you, I wrote this. I'll just tell you, say what I wrote. Miss Harrison was the worst. (laughs) But even if she was awesome, there still would have been things that we missed about Mrs. Keist. So basically, there's always something to appreciate about our current circumstances. Except for Mrs. Harrison? There was even... I'd I'd have to scrounge a little (laughs) hard on that one. It's just, though, to realize in the moment. That's where we have difficulty to we always want the next thing. And once we're on to the next thing, we want the next thing or we even look back and go remember that thing. It's living in the moment and realizing there is something here. And I don't want to compare. We compare with a lot of people sometimes. But I think our biggest comparison is our future endeavors and our past endeavors. And man, why can't I go back or why can't I go forward? But there is something about the now. That's really good. See, standing alone, I like that. I like it even paired with what we were talking about earlier. What made Mrs. Harrison the worst? What do you think was going on in her world that made her the worst? Honestly, she was a good person, but she came in. We were just excited for, like, good change, and she just brought a bunch of bad change. Bad change. (laughs) I mean, I was in sixth grade, so it wasn't a big deal. Bad change is bad change. You're at the toll booth, and you need it now. 
you don't have it. That's mm, bad change. Mm-hmm, that's bad change. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I love that you're writing these things for Ezra. If your babies are even born, raised out the house, you know, something my dad did for me in a little bit the same way that Carter's doing for his future son. Um, of course, I'm, I'm a daughter, but he wrote all of these life experiences. They have these legacy type books and the, the book itself will post a question and then you will journal an answer. Oh, wow. Yeah. So those kinds of things are available. And I highly recommend it because it's it's a way for you to maybe share into their lives. Um, it, it, even reference points for them to go back. What would mom do? Yeah. And if, you, yeah. if you're with Jesus in heaven and you can't necessarily answer, she looks in this book. That's what mom would do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, th- I think this is brilliant what you're doing for him. I think it's it's fun to get your the things lessons that you've learned are always fun to tell. Yeah. Uh, sometimes difficult to tell, but a lot of times there's, there's some funny stories and we can look back at our mistakes or look back what we've learned. Um, but to also get to send that on to somebody that you love um, mm-hmm. is so cool. And so those are just three little things that I, I wanted to pass along to you, too. And that is the end of the Ezra series, at least for today. Really so, yeah, I'm waiting for the book of Ezra. Oh, that's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. That's right there in the Bible. Uh huh. Right after, wait, is it before? Do the Nehemiah? song. Do the song. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah. Oh, for Second Chronicles. Ezra, Nehemiah. That's great. There you go. And <laughs> do you ever have to do that? We you just st- did. No, we like, literally. For the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> you just start at the very beginning, or is like, I can't do it. <laughs> 